Yeah. I spit raps like a heart attack. Fast fatal heart impacts. Past painful starts. In fact, I blast tasteful bars and packs. I back up my actions. Back don't ask. Grab reactions. Jack attack with every word. Then act with class as they hear me snap. I got nothing to lose. Cause I fought and felt the bruise. Now I'm not the one confused. Call the shots and they produce. I ain't lost. I'm finally loose. Pick a new so for excuse. I need the views to boost me to a new abuse of being used. Everybody wants a piece now. Y'all can rest in peace. Now you're dead to me. So peace out. Remember you just freaked out. Keep ready for defeat now i'm gonna make you bleed out listen on repeat now and read out all the week now get up and make a change don't remember yesterday if you got something to say speak your mind before your grave because your life is yours to save ain't nobody gonna change everybody stays the same so be different make the name hello and welcome into the university podcast this is episode five this is our quarter of the season check-in kind of like talking about some performances we've seen so far and whether those are real or not, and some risers and fallers in the 2022 draft class. Joining me today is Kevin Coleman. You can find him on Twitter at boys underscore 22. He is a featured Devi writer for Fantasy Pros and the co-host of the Devi Royale podcast and the Super Fantasy Bros podcast, as well as the co-owner of Triple Play Fantasy. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Hey, man. I'm glad to be here. Get a little hyped after that intro music and we get to talk a little college football. Yeah, I'm loving that intro more and more every week. I'm a little jealous. Yeah, I like that. I like that <laughs> intro. It, it gets you high. I'm, I just love college football, so I can, Absolutely. I can watch that all day. <laughs> all right. So let's jump right into some fact or fiction. We've obviously seen a lot of great performances so far this season, but are these performances really indicative of What's going to happen with these guys throughout the rest of the season? Or is it just a fluke with three weeks? Obviously, three weeks isn't a very large sample size, but we only get 12 overall. So it's 25% of what we're going to see. And I think we'll go ahead and start with some quarterbacks just because that's the main position. Um, and we'll start with Virginia and Brennan Armstrong. Obviously, Armstrong flashed a little bit last year, but a lot of his production came on the ground. We weren't sure if he was going to be a great passer. And now he's leading the FPS in pass yards per game with 1,298 yards through just three games, averaging 10.7 yards per attempt. He's thrown 11 touchdowns to just two interceptions. Is this fact or fiction? You know, uh, I, for me, it's it, it, it's fact-ish. Like, I, I don't want to be that guy, but like, it's he's looked great, right? And then we talk about sample size, and but that's all we have to go off of right now. And like, he's looked really good. I think the improvement for me, what I've seen from this year to last year, was the completion percentage. I mean, his completion percentage last year was off, fifty-eight percent, I believe it was. Uh, and he threw a lot of picks. He had eleven interceptions, but just some bad throws that you saw. And like, it was like, oh well, he's a good college quarterback because he's that dual threat kid. But will he be able to kind of handle that? And I think for the most part, the things that kind of led, uh, I liked so much about him, he's tied for the lead nationally in attempts that travel 20 yards downfield. So he's 14th national in pass efficiency. So I like that right now, too. He's completed basically 50% of his attempts for 20-plus yards for 473 yards. So that is that that those are legit numbers. Um, and I also love what he's doing against pressure. So against pressure, he leads the nation in passing yards against blitzes. 
and he's completed 35 of his 45 attempts. So he's at 77% against pressure on 49 dropbacks. And to me, not throwing any, any interceptions that time, like I truly look at quarterbacks and how they do against that pressure and can they do those reads, and he's doing that. So he's answered every question that we have for him. Like he's a legit prospect, I think, right now. Now, will he be able to keep that going? I think that's the question mark. But I do think that he's looked better than last year where he's come from. Yeah, and he was able to do it against UNC. And obviously, like, the first two weeks, it was obviously not great competition. But UNC's a little better, at least. A little better. I mean, I think Illinois has has proven to be – they were – I mean, if you look at the Nebraska game, that was really nothing. But if you look at what (laughs) they've done, like, historically, they're okay. I mean, but the numbers just pop off the tape. I mean, 554 yards, 405 yards, that's ridiculous. Uh, And that is just college football in itself. But I do think if he can keep those completion percentages up and he keeps his QB rating up, he has a shot. And I think he's done it all through the air. Like when you look at his rushing, that's kind of been non-existent this year. So if yeah. he can keep it up, fine. It's the turnovers that scare me though. Like he's only had two this year. And I know with the attempts, that's not bad. I mean, he's already thrown 121 balls in three games, but I think that's where we have to see it. Can he, can he improve that on that and make sure that he stays consistent? Yeah. And he's doing it without his top receiver in Lavelle Davis Jr. Who was out for the season and, the rest of the Virginia receivers are, you know, okay, I guess. They're okay. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> that's a that's a very good verb to use for them. <laughs> and moving on, we'll jump to Tanner Mordecai. Obviously, he's playing for SMU now, but he did start his career at Oklahoma. Tough sledding trying to get that job with Spencer Rattler, Jalen Hurts. Um but he went to SMU, and SMU brought in one of their first five-star recruits in a long time in Preston Stone at quarterback, and Tanner Mordecai still beat him out, so that's something. And obviously, SMU has had a strong passing attack, so this might be a product of the system, but who knows? What do you think about Mordecai? Uh, I, so to me, it's from, I think he's doing great in terms of like his play this season. Uh, I don't think that he's a, a strong Debbie quarterback, like NFL prospect. I think that he's a backup. Like I do, I do think he's kind of played his way into, can he be a backup guy? Yes. I don't look at him as being like a strong Debbie asset as right now. And to me, it's all about that. How does he do against pressure? And I, and I'm big on that with my quarterbacks and, when he is under pressure, you know, he has a 57% completion percentage this year. So, like, yeah, he has the numbers and he has the yards. And that's that offense, though. You got to be very careful with the SMU's offense because it's going to inflate his numbers a little bit. And so, for me, I think that he can struggle when he's when he's blitzed. And I, I But I do know, like, he has moved up. I know my, my buddy Christian Williams, he wrote in the Debbie Primer recently that we wrote together uh, for, this, for this week that, like, he's a legit, like, He's moving up in that legit category. And, and I agree. I do think that he's he's kind of moving into that area. But, you know, I think right now he's a backup for me. The game against TCU is going to be is big. Like, what can he do and how is that going to look? So we'll see what happens there. I think that's the game we're going to find out what if he's a, you know, fact fiction. I'd say he's fictionist right now. But if he has a good game against TCU, then we're, then we're talking about some things. Yeah, and obviously – some guys are just meant to go in the seventh round of the NFL draft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. seventh round, and then uh, David, like you know, they'll, they'll get drafted in seventh round, and someone will talk him up on some some fantasy website. He'll get drafted, <laughs> in, you know, second round of superflex leagues, and people will be like, "Wait, why did we draft him?" Oh, like, oh no, I don't know about that high. <laughs> you never know. Moving on, we have 
Missouri and Connor Basilak. Obviously, he came in last year as a young quarterback and started for the Tigers. Was pretty impressive. Had a 67.3% completion percentage, but only 7-6 to six touchdown to interception ratio. Um, only 7.3 yards per attempt. This season, he's throwing five more attempts per game, and he still has a 67.3 completion percentage. Kind of kind of funny. His yards per attempt is uh, a little up, up to 7.9, but the main thing is that he's only thrown one interception in three games to nine touchdowns this year. And he's led the Tigers to a 2-1 and one record. That one game against Kentucky, obviously Kentucky's been pretty good this season, So, and he kept it close against them, so. Yeah, you know, for me, uh, Connor is – I'm out. I'm so fiction in terms of, like, the, what we're kind of trying to do here. I, I, I do think he's improved. So you got to give him credit. Like, when I'm saying this, like, I think that he has seen that improvement there. To me, it's his arm talent. I don't think he has the arm. Like, it's okay. Like, it's good enough for Missouri and what they're trying to do in that system. But when you watched him against that, and I watched that whole Kentucky game because I had way too many guys playing in that game when I was in a campus of Canton League. So <laughs> I was sitting there, I was watching it, going back and forth, Beatty being there, those type of things. Um, and I just think that when you watch his, his arm, he just he can make dumb throws, but also they tail off a little bit. It's hard. He struggles getting it to the numbers and on the outside, and you'll see that. And, and I think sometimes his mechanics fail him a little bit. He does a little bit too much. He's got happy feet back there, and I feel like it's he's you. He's got he's young, um, but to me, his arm is just not to that level. Like you got to have an arm, and he doesn't have it. Yeah, and obviously that Eli Drinkwitz offense has produced some quarterback stats in the past, at least with Zach Thomas at Appalachian State. So. And, and it's good. Like, I think he's improved. They lean on that running game a little bit. It's just when I watch him, like, he just screams college kid, which is fine. Like, that's that's okay. But, like, we're talking about legit prospects for the NFL. As a Debbie asset, I don't see it. Yeah. His his A dot's only 7.7 yards. His yards per attempt isn't necessarily very impressive either at just uh, 7.9. Usually want to see around, like, 9 or 10. You'd, try, you'd like to. Yeah, I mean, it just – and I'm, and trust me, I am not a numbers guy. Everybody hates me for it. Like, I, <laughs> I, I know the basics. I mean, I'm a film guy, uh, and I'll be honest. I'm trying to learn analytics uh, to, to a little bit. I don't want to get consumed by numbers, and honestly, I don't have all the time. I love watching film. Like, to me, that's – but I don't hate on analyst guys. You, Everybody that is analyst guy, you, you guys are my people. I just steal your shit. But everybody else, <laughs> like – I'm yeah. the absolute opposite. <laughs> okay, perfect. You, see, put me, I, you, you put me in front of a bunch of numbers, and I'll try to figure something out. But see, watching I'm the gonna, game, I'm stealing your shit, Kyle. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just that, that's what I do. I love the film <laughs> aspect of it. I'm old school coach, uh, and to me, his not his he doesn't pop for me. And I know that sounds bad for analytics people out there, but I just don't see it in his arm. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's that's definitely like. Once I find a prospect that has numbers that I like, the first thing I do, especially at quarterback, is go look at people who do know what they're watching. And I want to know, hey, is he throwing the ball right? Is he throwing the ball strong enough? And yeah, obviously. You know, and you've been in you know, college schemes, they hide those things. So like college yeah. schemes, they have a good way of hiding you know, what they're doing and, and, and hiding deficiencies for the quarterbacks. And I think Missouri does a good job of that. Absolutely. We'll move on to a quarterback that actually hasn't been good. And so we'll talk about whether his poor performances are fact or fiction. And that's Clemson's DJ Uangi, uh, Uyangalele. Uh, 51 for 86 so far, only 59.3%. 
only 475 yards. That's 5.5 yards per attempt and one touchdown to two interceptions. How are we feeling about DJ? You know, I I think that his numbers and what he's putting up is fiction. So in terms of like, do I think this will continue? No. Uh, I, you know, to me, like when I watch DJ, he has touch and accuracy when I watch his tape, especially last year. Uh, he checks all the boxes that you'd like to see from a quarterback. He was always my QB two though. So I want everybody out there to know Bryce Young was my QB one, even after DJ, you played last year. Like Bryce Young has been my, I've, I haven't wavered from that. So like, you know, I know that's easy to say now, but that's why I was all off season. I was getting crap for it. And I mean, I took Bryce Young QB one over everybody in a C2C this year. And that's, I, I trusted my, my, basis of these guys i actually watched both these kids in high school so it was a lot of fun to see them kind of grow i'm getting old now kyle you'll, you'll get there one day uh but to me i think that the their struggle right now is that their receivers are not as good as they have been in the past nagata's coming off of that injury well slash injury slash surgery uh and and then you also have you know ross coming off the same kind of thing injury no one's really stepped up. EJ Williams got hurt, and I think a Jew a Jew has not been anything. To be honest, their their best receiver is Bo Collins, and but he's the same profile as all of those dudes. They have the same receiver. They need a they need someone that can separate. They don't have that right now, and I do think that offensive line is new. And I talked about this on my Clemson preview. I said, hey, that offense is going to struggle. The defense bringing back all eleven guys, they'll be fine. I said that offense is going to be bad. Will Shipley seems like he took over the starting role this last week. That's going to help DJ, I think, and they're going to have kind of an identity. But this is on Dabo and, and Elliott, Tony Elliott. I mean, that scheme has not changed. So I still believe in DJ as a prospect, but he's got to get better. Like, he's got to – he's definitely got to improve. But I don't necessarily see it as as, as him. Like, Bryce is going to be doing well because that, that system is, is foolproof and they got weapons everywhere. Uh, and they have different weapons. They got Jojo Earl on the inside. They have Jamison Williams now. They have Mechie. They got all these guys, McClellan. They got all these dudes around them, whereas Clemson started to have the rebuild, and they were hit hard with transfers. People don't realize how many people transferred out of Clemson. So I think that is the biggest thing. And, you know, Clemson's got to stop rostering, like, Kirk Herbstreit's son and shit. Like, that, that, that stuff's got to go. Like, stop rostering those guys. Get athletes around DJU. Like, that's the key. Connections. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's. I that's thought. I be... thought. I thought you were gonna get really spicy for a second when you said I think Clemson's best wide receiver. I thought you were gonna say Will Shipley and just go. I mean, full in. To be honest, like you know, he's got to get him more involved in the passing game because you know they he hasn't had the targets that I thought Shipley would have, and it seems like. The, but again, that's on Elliott, right? That's on the. Yeah. That's on that staff. Like I, I feel like they should be using Shipley more as a receiver type slash kind of and running back as well. He's a good running back, and then Phil Moffa's got to get some more run in that backfield. Like freshman kid, I love Phil Moffa. Uh, I know he hasn't gotten out there yet, but they could be using those guys as one two punch. And but again, Dabo's very loyal and he sticks mm -hmm. with the guys. And that's you know, Dabo's Dabo. But I think DJU is gonna be okay. Uh this this nonsense about him, like, oh, he's terrible. It's been three can we relax? And he played a Georgia team that's stacked. That defense is maybe the best defense we've seen in the last five years. Yeah, and that's definitely something we're seeing with a lot of coaches is that they're not ready to put their young guys in just right off the bat. So hopefully. As the season goes on, Clemson will turn to those younger guys and maybe they'll be able to make a little bit more happen. 
And to be honest, like Saban, he don't give a crap what you are. If you're the best player, he puts you out there. I don't understand why coaches don't just steal everything from Saban. Like if Saban's <laughs> comfortable playing freshman, I mean, Jojo, Jojo Earl didn't play his first game. The second game he's out here just, he, I think he almost led a team of targets. And you're like, wait well, a minute. Like, I mean, it was, know. it was a monster. Yeah, but still, he still gets them out there. Like, and you didn't see that with, you know, with Clemson and stuff. And he did use Shipley a little bit. Like, I just think that I, I think that offense is very, very vanilla and they've got to fix it because DJ, you can't, I don't think he can elevate that yet. I don't think he's there yet. Yeah. But obviously Shipley does seem to be taking over the backfield quite yeah. quickly. Obviously Lynch A. Dixon just kind of gave up on that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, <laughs> that was a, uh, that, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Shipley's the most talented guy in that backfield. Absolutely. Kind of like, kind of like Ohio State with Henderson, similar situation yeah. with freshmen. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll move on to some running backs and some factor fiction. We'll start with Michigan State's Kenneth Walker the third. He's all that everybody's talking about at the running back position so far this season. Obviously, fifty-seven attempts, four hundred ninety-three yards, five touchdowns, and then three receptions for seventeen yards and a score as well. Is Walker actually joining this 2022 NFL draft consideration? I mean, he might as well with the class that he's in. I, I mean, I don't – I have – so as far as my running back, when you look at my rankings, like – and it's very uninspiring. There's a lot of running back twos. Uh, and to me, this class is definitely down a little bit in terms of what we think. I think it could realistically be like last year's class where we have, you know, Najee's there, okay, Javante is there, ETN. Like, you know, to me, it's kind of the same thing. Like, I think Spiller, to me, is still my running back one. Uh, and then you have Brees Hall, and I, and I still I still believe in Kyron Williams, and I still think he's in that top three after what we've seen from him. But then after that, it's like, I don't know. Like, you're looking at that list, and it gets very muddled. And I think Walker could step in there. I did see somewhere, I don't know where it was, but someone was talking about Kenneth Walker being the next Javante Williams. Um I don't know about that. I, I think that as far as a runner goes, what I like about Kenneth is that he has very good contact balance. Like, and he's got very good patience. Everything I've watched from film is he hits holes good. He keeps his eyes up. He can keep, he keeps moving. And I think that he can manipulate defenders with his hips. And that's fun to see, especially through the line of scrimmage. Like he does that. Now my question marks for him is he's not a receiver. He's not going to catch anything out of the backfield where I think Javante can. So I think there's yeah. a, kind of a, separation there and i and i jared back is someone who i really like and i appreciate and he does a lot of stuff with campus the can and he talks about numbers i steal his numbers kyle you'd be, you'd be nice <laughs> i steal his but numbers too <laughs> he talks about like how a receiving back if he's not a receiving back in college the, he doesn't become a receiving back in the nfl that doesn't like yeah. that doesn't happen so now so we're, that limits me for fantasy purposes like and this is where i separate myself a little bit because as a as a film guy and as a football kid he's going to be a good i think he can be a very solid pro NFL guy, but if he's not catching passes, he's that limits his upside. So again, running back two ish in there, but I, after running back three to me, there's a clearer divide. Like it's going to be one of these guys is going to step in there. Uh, but is it a Michael Carter situation or is it, can he kind of be that next guy that steps in there? And I, I don't, I don't know. I don't see it. I'd like to see him more in the, in the receiving work as a runner. He's fine. Uh, but a, as a receiver, I think it limits his upside. Nine more games. Yeah. Well, hopefully somebody comes up. Well, <laughs> yeah. We'll see. I mean, we're due for one of these draft classes, right? Like at some point, like no. I think that I think these guys will be there, but there's no generational talent in this group. 
Like, there's no guy yeah. that we're like, yeah, he's a running back one. Yeah, absolutely. My opinion on this class has always been your wide receivers and quarterbacks and tight ends. If you need those, keep your picks. Your running backs, yeah. eh, wait, let's wait. Yeah. Um, how about Memphis's Brandon Thomas? He's just a redshirt freshman, but he's had 50 attempts so far with 421 yards, three scores, and as well, two receptions for 19 yards. Obviously, Memphis with um, Norvell and Silverfield have had some pretty good running backs recently, whether it be Antonio Gibson or Tony Pollard or Daryl Henderson. Is Brandon Thomas the next one? You know, he's starting to make a name for himself a little bit, huh? So, like, he uh, he is – he looks pretty good. And from what everything that you watch him, like, I, I definitely watched his tape a little bit more today because I knew we were going to talk about him. And uh, to be honest, like, I have him on one of my teams. Uh, but there's so many college guys that you're just like – and I watch these guys. I really do. But, you know, he's looked great. I think that Memphis systems helps him. And I think that he's going to be there. He's a must-add in C2C. Like, you better grab him there because he's just going to get the volume. So, he's going to be there. Uh, as a runner, just from what I watched and, and what I've been able to see from him, I think he does a lot of the same kind of things Walker kind of does. Like, he manipulates the, the line of scrimmage well. He uses his hips well. He can burst. He has a pretty good burst at, at the line of scrimmage. Now – Top end speed, I think he lacks. And I'm kind of a speed snob. I like my guys to have that speed. Like, And for me, that's why I was never high on some of these other guys that came out either. Like, I want to see them pop off that tape and be able to get to that second level and not get caught. And Thomas doesn't have that extra gear yet. Now, what does he does he find that gear at some point? Maybe. Maybe some of these guys do. They're still young. Uh, but I do think that he is a solid freshman, a redshirt freshman, and we can be talking to him next year. But you got to remember, too, he's going to be in next year's class, which is loaded at the running back position. So if he comes out, we're talking a little bit. So he could be a value, maybe. Like maybe we're talking about him as being yeah. one of those guys that's there. Uh, but I like him. I like him. But again, track record for Memphis, guys. Yeah, you, you know, Pollard has looked good. Uh, Henderson and Gibson, obviously. I don't even know what we call Gibson at Memphis. He was something. <laughs> he was a all pro. In Gainwell, and I loved Gainwell. And then, so I think that's part of me is like what we think of these guys and what the NFL thinks of these guys is a, is funny how that works. I think Gainwell was because he opted out. But yeah. with Brandon Thomas, you know, I think he could be that next guy. I love his tape. Like his tape is fine. It's just that speed. It's hard for me to get by the speed thing. The speed thing is bothering me. But from everything that I've seen from even an analytical point of view, like he is getting the reset. He got some, you know, his reception share is not amazing. But his PPR points, his dominator ratings at 28.7, I believe. Uh, like, so when you're looking at what he's been able to do on the field, you have to like that. Yeah. Uh, my only issue is those two receptions so far. You'd like to see a little more. Obviously, Memphis does throw the ball quite a bit. So, And they have another freshman showing up for him, too, and their quarterback with Seth Hennigan. That's been quite the surprise as well. Yeah, I know. Memphis quarterback. That was an interesting battle for a little while, but I think it's I think it's over now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll move on up north into Michigan and Blake Corum. Obviously, he's a sophomore and was a highly rated recruit. Didn't see the field much as a freshman, but this year he's getting that role. Obviously, he's still in a bit of a committee, but Michigan just going to run the ball down everybody's throats this year. So still has plenty of attempts with 48 for 407 yards, seven touchdowns, six receptions for 46 yards, and a score as well. What are your opinions on Corum? Okay, so I want everyone to know I'm a Michigan fan. So I'm going to definitely put that out there really fast. But 
I have receipts and I have everybody that shows and even my own, uh, my guy, Todd Foster, I told him Quorum is going to be that breakout kid. We need to draft him in every C2C league that we're in together because we own a team together. And he's like, no, he's a Michigan player. He sucks and all that stuff. <laughs> and now he, he came back recently. Like, yeah, you were right. I'm like, yes, I know I was right. I think the thing that I, I again, I said, I like speed and like, even I think it was week two, he hit like 22.1 miles per hour on one of his runs. Uh, and that was against Washington and it was a 67 yard rushing touchdown. He has the speed. He has the ability to make guys miss. He's strong, even though his stature isn't huge. And I know a lot of the guys in the Debbie Royale make fun of me because I like, a, I, they say I like small running backs, which is not true. Like I don't like small running backs. It just, he has that stature where I think he's got the muscle to be able to handle it and he can catch. Like he has a receiving ability. He, he doesn't have the nut, like high numbers there, but from a receiving standpoint, he has a route tree and it does look like he has good hands. You're not watching him when you watch the tape. Like, He's not catching against his body. He sees it in. I don't see a lot of drops with him and everything's there. And that dude's a gamer. Like that guy, like when you look at that and I know that, you know, I, I, you're going to hate that out there for some people, but I love the intangible box and he's going to step up and he's going to get that rock and he's just going to carry it. And he's going to put his team on his back. And that kind of separates him for me. Now to me though, I'm not like saying he's a first round pick. Like to me, he's a, I saw someone move him up. I think to like the running back, Oh man, was it the running back four? I think in this class of Evans and Gibbs and Bigsby and Robinson, like I don't see him that high, but he could easily be maybe five. Like for me, he could be on the outside, but he's a second round value to me in Superflex League right now. So that's how I would kind of rate him uh, in terms of like his value, which is still good, especially in that class. So Blake is the kind of guy like you could really draft in that second round and get a real guy, like a stud. Like I, I hate comparisons. I do. Uh, but <laughs> Naheem Hines, like maybe a better solid runner. Uh, and I, that kind of a guy is a guy like Quorum could be. Is he ever going to be a superstar? No. But if Michigan gives him the ball 50 times in this next two weeks, like uh, they seem to be doing, uh, he's going to put up the numbers. And how do you see that Michigan backfield uh, breaking out the rest of the season with uh obviously they've given touches to all of them, whether it be Haskins or Quorum or Edwards. So you know what? I like what they're doing. To be honest, like when they when they decided that they were gonna start uh, McNamara, I knew that it was gonna be a very just vanilla. Hey, this is what they're gonna be, uh, and so I understood that. I think that they're gonna have to open it up though at some time. Like at some point. I mean, it is the Big Big Ten, so let's be real. Like I understand, like Big Ten football doesn't open up anything, uh, but. McNamara, you know, he only has 37 attempts this year. And that's, you know, he doesn't have a lot of attempts. Haskins is good. I think Haskins is a very solid runner. You know, Quorum being there, Edwards. So I think they're just going to say, you know what? We're going to line up kind of like Wisconsin used to do. And they, they kind of still do it. Like, you know, what? we're going to minimize it. Cade can just be our game manager. We're not going to open this thing up. And we're just going to run down. So I can see both of these guys. It would not shock me to see Quorum and Haskins almost get 1,000 yards each. Do you think that opening up, opening it up entails a freshman quarterback possibly god i hope so kyle you're at at some point we got to get jj mccarthy on that field like the throw that he made in the first game and across his body across the field and, and it was for a touchdown like he opens everything up for our offense i get why he goes with Cade because harbaugh is just you know he's you know i'm just glad he's not wearing those pants anymore at least he updated his <laughs> selection there 
But to me, I understand like game manager Cade there, but we could see JJ. Like, don't get me wrong. I do think that they're going to have some packages for JJ uh, at some point this season to where it's going to open up that field. So that's always a, you know, keep an eye on. But you know what? You know, this Michigan offense isn't bad. If Xavier Worthy would have stayed, I think we could have really had like a legit real offense here. Well, it's not like you guys are the only team that's not starting their freshman quarterback. This should be. Yeah. <laughs> Notre, Dame, Notre Dame and Washington still exist too. And Ohio State, <laughs> but we won't go there. I don't want to get people mad at me. But we hey, won't go there. hey, this week. This week. This week. Record. We'll see what happens. Yep. <laughs> Moving on, we have another Michigan guy who also didn't do so well at Michigan, and that's Zach Charbonnet. Obviously, he went to UCLA, and he was all that everyone was talking about after week zero, but wasn't necessarily doing getting <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. He has 23 attempts for 242 yards. That's 10.5 yards per attempt. That's absolutely insane. But apparently Chip Kelly just doesn't want to give him the ball. Because <laughs> yeah. 19 <laughs> wait, okay, hold on. Yeah, he had like 17 attempts in the first two games. Uh but the issue is on the 17 attempts, he had 223 yards. But this week they played Fresno State of all teams, and he had six attempts for just 19 yards. So which of these performances is really Zach Charbonnet? I think it's in between. So I, I, I'm out on him. I've been out on him fiction for a while. So if we're going to say a fiction there, I, I just don't, I don't see him. I know some guys, it's weird. You know how the Debbie community is. Sometimes they latch on to guys and it's like, they can't stop. Like they, once they made that take, it's a take lock. And they're like, yeah, oh, sorry. If this is you, I apologize. But oh, it's, 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 like, it's not Zach Charbonnet, but it's Eric Gray and Max Borgie for me. <laughs> oh man. The, um, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kyle. Uh, uh, but no, I get it. I understand. Like I, there's some loyalty there with that too. Like I have guys as well, but like, I think Charbonnet is okay. But again, the speed thing worries me. I know he manipulates well, and I know they talk about his vision all the time. But if he was so good, they wouldn't give Britton Brown more carries. Like, Britton Brown's got 39 attempts. And then Dorian Thomas-Robinson is always going to take away some of that rushing, too. Like, I think he's okay. But Fresno State's legit. Like, as a friend, I have Fresno State season tickets, so I do go to their games. Like, they have a bunch of fifth-year seniors on their roster because of COVID, and they came back. So, like, we always knew that team was going to be pretty good with Hayner and that. And that defensive line for Fresno State, I think it's like – I think they have three returners that are all Mountain West Conference. So, like, that was a game to see, okay, could you do it? And what, from what we know about LSU, LSU is not as good as, as, we, as we thought they were going to be. So, I think that he's okay. But I don't, I don't see him as being a Debbie guy. After his first two games, I told everybody if you had him to try to trade him. Uh, and I said, I just don't see him being able to keep this going. So he's a sunken asset for me. He'll never live up to that expectation. Maybe that's Harbaugh's fault, uh, but I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I think we'll hit on Hayner a little bit later, but right now we'll jump into some pass catchers and some more factor fiction. The first of which is Ole Miss and Dontario Drummond. Obviously, Ole Miss has had some great wide receivers in the past few years, whether it be A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, or Elijah Moore. And now Drummond seems to be the guy, which is a bit of a surprise for a lot of people, as a lot of people thought it would be Jonathan Mingo. But Drummond has 20 receptions for 339 yards and four touchdowns, as well as a rushing touchdown. Do you think Drummond is a real NFL prospect for this year? 
uh, yeah, you know, the, he's the one I struggle with a little bit because we've seen this show before, Kyle. Like, a senior breaks out, and we're like, oh, hey, this guy coming on the tape, and then he gets drafted in the NFL, and he just disappears. And we're like, hey, where'd have, what, what happened to Dontario Drummond? Like, I do think that, like, I think his, I, I saw somewhere where they had an SEC receiving grade, and he actually has, like, a minimum of 15 targets. I think he's the highest-graded SEC receiver. And that's over Keishon Boutte, other guys like a Rondale Robinson as well. So, like, I know he's great and high right now. I do think part of it is that Lane Kiffin offense with Corral. So, I do think that we the scheme has fit him perfectly. But he's he's got to keep an eye on I think he's a prospect. Like, he's he's a massive dude. Uh, and when we look at kind of what Ole Miss has produced there, like you mentioned, and like we talk about, you know, A.J. Brown, Metcalf, those guys. Like, can he be that next guy? Yeah. I still timid about putting all my hopes on a senior breakout. Like, that's kind of one of those things that I, I, I will probably stay away from. Like, those type of guys I definitely just don't draft because they're – I, I, I guess I am a little analytical for me. Like I just don't – the hit rate on those guys are so low that it's not worth the draft pick for me. Absolutely. I, I didn't, didn't totally avoid those guys until the fourth round, and yeah. most of the times the good ones aren't even available then. No, and it's it just – it's a sunken – I just think that's how you lose, and that's how you get bad dynasty teams, to be honest. Like mm-hmm. it's, you're taking shots in those type of guys, the high-risk guys, and yeah, one out of ten will hit. But a guy like Drummond, I don't see the high upside there. All right. Well, we'll move on to a guy who is breaking out young, and that's the UNC's Josh Downs. Obviously, he's still a sophomore, and he is leading the Power Five in receiving yards at the moment with 24 receptions, four 399 yards, and four TDs. Do you think he's going to catch up to Boutte in the 2023 class or at least be in that top tier? You know, uh, before the season started for Fantasy Pros, I wrote a, uh, a Debbie Sleeper article, and I put Downs in it. And I said, and a lot of people know Downs, but not everybody. And I said, hey, you know what? Without Javante, without Michael Carter, without Diami Brown, and without Daz Newsom, he's got to throw the ball to somebody. So he's going to get the targets, and he's going to get the target share. Like at a certain point, you're just going to see that. I think what I like about him is that I found I found out when I was researching and diving through him, he has a recorded 40 time at 446. He's fast. And like that recorded 40 time came, I think, from the open in high school. So that's recorded out there. So if, if he if he had, and there's not a lot of these guys that have that recorded 40 times. So for me, I think he's impressive. His release is legit. So when you watch him, he can get pressed and he can get by because of that speed. Uh, and he's strong. Like, even though he's like 5'10, 180 ish, like you can notice he can get off the line pretty good. And he creates separation. That's the reason why he's going to get the targets, is he does all the things that you'd like to see from a receiver. Uh, now, as far as where he is at, and, and can he catch up? To me, I have him as I just looked today. He's my wide receiver for this class, actually. So the 2023 class. So he's getting up there. He's moving up there. So I have Butte at one. I have JSN at two because I'm a JSN stand. We'll talk about him in a second. <laughs> then Rakeem. And then, you know, I think Downs, Mims, and Quentin Johnson are all in there for me. Like, that's a very yeah. – it's funny because Quentin's in there. He's, he's 6'4", massive compared to these guys. But <laughs> – uh, and and you know what? The NFL, the way they're drafting, they're going after guys like Downs. So, like, I have always said, like, Diamond Brown is a good draft capital comparison for Downs. Like, and I know it's kind of lazy because they both played in North Carolina. But to me, that was kind of where I thought it was to be. But Downs can kind of elevate his game. Maybe he can get second, you know, second round draft capital or shoot. If he can sneak in that first, that'd be amazing. I don't know about this class, but second round draft capital will be great for him. Yeah, it looks like a tough class to crack into the first round, just looking yeah. forward. But 
obviously there's still a lot of time before we actually get there. Yeah. So as you mentioned, we'll move on to Jackson Smith and Jigba, who has 11 receptions, 190 yards, and two touchdowns. But obviously he is playing for the Ohio State University uh, behind Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. So it's not like he's commanding the targets like a Drummond or a Downs. So those 11 receptions are pretty impressive. Do you think that's fact? Sounds like you do. Oh, it's fact, yes. I am a, uh, I am a, yeah, I'm a complete JSN stan. And it sucks because, like, I'm a Michigan fan. So it's hard for me to root <laughs> for these Ohio State people out there. But you know what? To me, you know, he was one of the most productive kids to ever play in Texas high school football. Like, this kid had so the numbers that he had, I think it was like almost 5,000 receiving yards. Uh, he just popped off the tape when you watch him. He's athletic. He creates separation. We saw that breakout and that kind of that uh, game against um, Oregon, and you saw it, what he was able to do there. But when you looked at, like, his receiving numbers, everything's there. Yeah, he compiled 5,346 receiving yards. He scored 82 touchdowns in Texas high school football. And he played at the highest division in 6A. So he was playing against real dudes. He stepped on that field and competed. He's an elite talent. And he's going to be their wide receiver one next year. So when Olave leaves and when Wilson leaves, JSN is going to be their wide receiver one with a pretty crowded room. You know, you're going to talking about mm -hmm. Julian Fleming. I mean, G. Sky, whatever he is now. Emeka Buka, those guys. Marvin Harrison Jr., like, I think he can step in and be that role. Like, he's the best value. I still think he's a value. He was going after – I saw Emeka Buka get traded or picked before him in a draft, and it hurt my soul because JSN is a better prospect, in my opinion, and he played in a better offense. And I think that's the key there for me. Like, um, that's the one thing I didn't like about Julian Fleming. I was never being high on Julian just because he played in a wing tee in high school. And I don't think a lot of people understood that. And I know that, like, as a guy who runs the wing tee when I coached, like, it takes some time for wide receivers to learn routes in the wing. There's not a lot of routes in the wing tee. I don't know if everybody knows that. <laughs> There's basically two. You run a post or a go. And that's really kind of it. Like, as, as a coach, you just know that. Um, but, you know, I think the thing that I love about JSN is he's just a technical, technical route runner. This dude is probably one of the best route runners in, in college football. And he's got Brian Hartline as wide receiver coach, who is the best position coach in the country. This dude is he's gonna be a, he's gonna be a head coach one day, but he is the best position coach in the country, and he is teaching these guys how to play NFL receiver football. And I'm all in on JSN. And he was a baller in fantasy a few years yeah. ago. Baller. Straight up just baller. Yeah, we needed him. We needed him in certain teams. Moving on, I picked a tight end to finish off the pass catchers um, like just because you know, we don't always have to talk about wide receivers. And that's Colorado State's Trey McBride. Um, obviously, he came into the season as one of the most highly coveted tight ends in this 2022 class. But he's put up three straight games of 100 yards receiving. He has 30 receptions for 339 yards and a touchdown. Colorado State, not the best team. That's for darn sure. But He's commanding. He had like almost a 100% dominator rating last week. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, Dante Wright is a really good wide receiver for them, but he was out last week. So it was just McBride every single play. But what do you think of Trey McBride? 
Yeah, you know, um, my buddy uh, Christian Williams, he's been high on him for a while, like his tight end one of the class. Like, that's how high he is. And I think, you know, I wrote about him last year uh, prior to the season, and they had a kind of a down year in the Mountain West. They didn't play a lot of games. Uh, but like you mentioned, last game they threw for 110 yards, and he had 109 receiving yards. And, like, the, he is the only option. He's their outlet. He's their third down target. He is their big play target. He is everything on that field. And, you know, he's got a big frame. He added weight over the offseason. So, actually, he was listed at 240 last year. He's at 260. That excites me, especially because he's got to learn how to block. And I think that's the one thing when we talk about McBride is that he does all the other things. Right. He's a great receiver. He, he finds open space. He does an extra job of hitting seam routes. He's good at versatility, too. Like, they line him up everywhere. But for the NFL version, you got to know how to block. And I think that that extra weight is going to help him just get on the field. I know it's old school mentality, but – we got old school coaches in the league still. Like he's got to <laughs> learn how to get out there, and I think he can. And you know what? In this class, I don't know how you feel about the 2022 tight end class. You know, you know, Weidemeyer is there, but he's going to hurt. His production is going to hurt right now because they just lost Haynes King, so we're going to see that. Uh, Jaleel Billingsley's undersized to me. He's got to, and he's got some issues him and Saban are dealing with right now. I'm a big <laughs> fan of Kate Otten. I like Kate from Washington. I think he's going to be a solid, safe floor play. But then you got Trey McBride there. And to me, I mean, he's a top five guy right now. Like, I think he can fit into that category. Um, I like him. He dominates. He's going to get the target share, like you mentioned. It's, it's it's funny. They have Dylan Wright is there. I don't know why Dylan Wright's not getting the ball. I have Dylan Wright somewhere on a Debbie team. Come on, Dylan Wright. Or Dante. You know, Dante Wright. Yeah. Oh, Dante Wright, yeah. He was, he was hurt. He was hurt, so. Yeah, well, come on, Dante. You're killing me. Uh, but I would say, for me, it's it's McBride. I think McBride can be that tight end, like, two or three. And I think NFL guys are going to love this kid. Uh, and I think that we'll be talking about him in the draft process. Now, how's the testing go? I think that's the key. Can he test? Yeah. Can he be there? Uh, but, you know, it's funny how Charlie Collaire from Ohio Iowa State was talked about as being, like, a top guy. And now he's falling down. And a guy like McBride at Colorado State is actually jumping ahead of him. Yeah. For me, all offseason, I was Weidermeyer and McBride just flip-flopping back and forth at number one. So I'm I'm McBride now. <laughs> McBride's going to be my one. He's yeah. basically the only wide tight end that I'm super excited about this season. Um, the rest of them aren't too sure, exciting. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I, had, I had high hopes for Isaac Rex, and I had high hopes for Greg Dolchich, and neither of them have shown up this season. <laughs> Yeah, I Greg Dolchers is I his athleticism excited me um and kind of what he could do out there. But that size too, he's a little bit I don't want to say he's undersized, but you'd like to see him a little bit more on there. I, I'm a Cade guy just because I think Cade will be a he'll be okay. Like we'll be talking about him probably for 10 years. Will he ever be like a relevant relevant? I don't know, but he can at least get you 10 points. He's a Hunter Henry 2.0, I feel like. Yeah. I like Hotten as well. He was actually ranked higher than like everybody else except for yeah. Watermeyer and uh McBride but I wasn't excited. <laughs> no. <laughs> there were there were other guys that I was hoping to see more from but Otten I was just like yeah he's good he'll still be good he won't be. Yeah there, there's not like he doesn't like oh shit yeah I got Kate Otten in my regime. There's nothing like that but there is like <laughs> oh you know he's solid he's a solid piece out there. All right. So that breaks down our factor fiction. We'll move on to specifically the 2022 class and some risers and fallers. Obviously, it is early in the season. Some of these guys are still just adjusting to whether it be new teams or new schemes. So 
let's talk about this 2022 class. We've hit on some of them, obviously, but we'll start with the quarterbacks again. Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell came in as one and two. They've been okay. <laughs> they haven't been great. I mean, what's your opinion on both these guys? Yeah, you know, to me, I don't like over like overreact. So to me, they're still my one and two. Like they're still like in that in that area. That's where I had him before. Uh, and to me, Rather has all the tools, but he makes dumb mistakes. And he and when you watch him, the decision making. And I and I wrote a little piece on Rather recently, and I and I was kind of researching some stuff about Oklahoma. I always try to find the Oklahoma beat writers. I try to find the beat writers because they really know what's going on in that program. For some reason, like they say that like the NIL thing, he, he you know right before the Nebraska game on Friday, he posted he got like a new truck uh, because some sponsorship dealership. And I know that sounds dumb, but a lot of the talk is is that the fame and like that stuff is more important to Rattler than like the play on the field. And that always is alarming because we've seen this time and time again. And so I could see like that being the biggest factor with Rather. He has the tools. He's an amazing player. Like when you watch him, he has the strength that you need. It's the decision making and the off the field stuff that I'm concerned about with Rattler. As far as how goes, that dude's got a caliber. Like that dude could throw. Like he's got, I mean, I think he threw a 60 yard touchdown on the dime. Like I think that's where I am at. I think Howe's a very solid quarterback. I would love for Howe to go to a very stable franchise. So if he could go somewhere where it's stable and he and he's there. But I don't think Hal's a QB one, like in terms of fantasy purposes. I think he's a, I think he'd be a solid QB two. Like everybody uses Baker as the as the comp for that kid, but like a Baker Darnold slash like guy that you can kind of rely on as a maybe sometimes QB, you know, out of you know QB twelve overall. So like uh, so like Derek Carr in terms of production. Yeah, I mean, you could. You, I don't see him as being like a as like a QB one. Oh my God, this is a superstar. But I mean, I don't think this. I don't think there's really any superstars in this class um, overall. Yeah. Like, I think that they are very solid quarterbacks. Uh, but when you think of like who's going to need a quarterback next year, there might be eight teams that need a quarterback. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of teams out there that need a quarterback. So I think he could fall into a category now. If he went to somewhere like like if you put Hal on Pittsburgh, I like that solid franchise. Najee Harris there. He's got receiving cores. They can get the ball to you out quickly. Doesn't have to make a lot of uh, decisions quickly. Like that would be a good solid. So for how I think it's more about where does he go for Rattler? It's, Hey, you got to figure it out. Like he has the tools to be the one QB one, but if he goes to Houston, was that the best spot for him? I don't know. That's the, that's the question mark. Yeah. Obviously the issue with being a really good quarterback is you get drafted highly and you don't end up on a good team as okay. we've seen, as we've seen this season, like literally all of them, except for Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Yeah. I mean, nah. And it's like with these rookies, I mean, all of them are throwing picks except for Mac Jones and Mac Jones has like a four yard a dot. It's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Hey, don't be a hater on my boy Mac Jones, right? He's doing what he needs to do to win. No, absolutely. I, lo I love Mac Jones. And I actually I'm, think he's a lot better than what people get him credit for. Me too. I, I, I hope he opens it up, though. I hope he uh, gets a little, <laughs> yeah. more, a little more exciting. And obviously, Rattler, that's something we talked about in the past. Like when I had Felix on for the first episode, we were talking about Rattler versus DJU for the number one spot, mm -hmm. obviously you would have disagreed with both of us, but <laughs> we both kind of said like what we saw from Rattler off the field was concerning, especially with like QB one. He was kind of like, 
he came off as a dick the entire time. So yeah, yeah, it was kind of like eh. well. See, I don't mind dick, but you better back it up. Like, if yeah. you're going to come off as that and have that personality, okay. Like, that's fine, but you better back it up on the field. I haven't seen that yet, right? They, he he did okay towards the end of last season. Uh, he struggled out of the gate. Like, they've also lost two games now, and you cannot do what he did against Nebraska. The Nebraska team is awful. Uh, and he didn't look he didn't look bad, but he didn't – he doesn't transform his team. He doesn't put it out there. Uh yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting question, DJ, you and rather right now, right? When we're thinking about it, I I still think I, I'm gonna go. I probably would take DJ you just based on based on intangibles. But rather is has the tools. Can he put it together? That's that's the question. Yeah, I think he he was just being nice. Obviously, he was trying to give um, Scott Frost a few more weeks. <laughs> yeah, Scott Frost. I I still can't believe uh, Heldon got fired before Scott Frost. I, I was I was very that I really that actually hurt me in some places on on the sports book. You did say that you don't think there's any real QB ones in this class. I think there is possibly one, and that's going to be the next guy we talk about, Malik Willis. Obviously, Malik Willis came into the season with insane stats on the ground and in the air last year. A little raw. He's playing for Liberty. He obviously started his career at Auburn, but um, a little raw last season, but he has a big arm and really strong in the rushing attack. And he's just been doing Malik Willis things, but nobody watches it because it's Liberty and they're playing Campbell. So what do you think about Malik Willis? Yeah, you know, um, he's an amazing running back. Uh, As far as, like, (laughs) quarterback goes, uh, you know, I think he's. I think he has had some good games this year. It's just so hard because of the schedule, you know. And we're talking mm-hmm. about who they played. You know, Campbell, Troy, Old Dominion. Okay, you should have done what he did. And they only won twenty-one to thirteen against Troy. So they didn't like. I think he's looked fine. Syracuse would be an interesting game. I think they. I think they could win that game. Um, UAB's not bad. I think Middle Tennessee. Like once we start getting into this kind of lower level, and then the big game against Ole Miss. I think that Ole Miss game will be fun to watch. And determine like, hey, you're gonna have him versus you know Matt Corral, who we talk. We're gonna talk about who I like. Um, I'm just not there yet. I, I'm very, I'm very hesitant to say he can be a. He has the tools, but you got to remember, I think he's 23, right? He's a little older because he went to Auburn, so he's got that that going for him. So he is, he he has that age difference. Uh, I'm just not there yet with Willis. I know some people are, and I know everybody wants to be like everybody for out there wants to be first on prospects, which is fine. Like I don't mind that, but to me, uh, he's a he's a he's a, he's a work in progress. He's got to go to the right team too. But he could be a first round pick with this class. That's mm-hmm. I understand that. He's only twenty two. Uh, okay. My thing about Willis is just like he offers this upside with his rushing game that is yeah. more so than anybody else in the class. It's but also he could just completely falter out because he can't throw. I mean, he can, th- yeah, he can throw sometimes, but there's mm-hmm. other times like he makes throws. And I mean, there was one throw. I, don't, I was watching it the other day. I was watching some film late at night and like he threw it like 15 yards over his receiver's head on an out route. And I'm just like, yo, Bo Nix, I didn't know you transferred to uh, over to over to Liberty. But and then you notice then the next throw he throws on a dime. Like it is like a drop and you're just laughing because you're just like, wait a minute. Wait, what, what just happened in the last throw? Like, I do think he rushes his mechanics. So when you yeah. watch him, he does that. And he and he watches hips. And one of the biggest thing is when he, when he feels a little bit of pressure and stuff, you'll see his hips flail open. 
And that definitely hurts his accuracy. So, like, that could be a coaching thing, too. So, like, if he mm-hmm. does get an NFL, like, these guys can pro- pro- progress. Um, I just don't I'm – I'm not on that Willis, the Willis train yet. That's exactly what I saw when I watched last season. It was like, dang, this dude has an arm, and he can really throw it sometimes. But you look at his feet and his hips, and it's not the same every time like it should be. Yeah. And then we'll move on to a guy you did mention, Matt Corral, quickly rising so far this season. He's been very good for the Ole Miss Rebels. You said you liked him. How much do you like him? Oh, I'm all in, baby. Give me Matt Corral all day. Um, I got offered Brees Hall straight up for Matt Corral a couple days ago in a Superflex League. I declined it. Uh, it pissed my buddy Todd off, but I said, no, we're not doing that deal. Uh, and to me, it's just it's the upside there. Now, to me, though, Matt Corral, he has that dual threat that you like because he can run. He has an arm. He's Everything is there, and his decision-making has been better this year. I know everybody's going to point out he threw 11 interceptions in two games. Last. I get it. Like I understand that. You can't. We have some Debbie guys out there that like to pretend that didn't happen. I'm not one of those guys. Like I know that it happened. But to me, his stock and everything about him comes down to Alabama in two weeks. If they can compete and either beat or just he shows very good patience, reactions, he can read, doesn't throw any interceptions, then we're talking about him as being a first-round quarterback. But that's his value. I mean, I think his value literally is going to ride on one game this year is if he can beat Alabama or do that, then we're going to be talking about him as being Heisman. Then we're going to be talking about him as being a maybe potential, the 101 in super flex drafts, maybe next year. Like that's how much one game is kind of riding on, 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 on his, basically his value. Yeah. And PFF did try to say that he hadn't had a turnover worthy throw yet this season. And then Mm. (laughs) in the campus to get in discord, Austin Nays was, putting in uh, videos of him literally throwing it to the opposing team. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he does that. So there is that, right? Like he, and that's, that's my biggest thing about him. Again, he has the tools and he has it now. Being in the second year in Kiffin, Kiffin's offense, though, like that yeah. helps. And he does have those weapons on the outside. They, they lean on Ely. Um, I think that they can get him more involved. Like there are good things, but will bad corral show up? on i think it's october 2nd ish (laughs) will that happen in alabama that's the question that we have to get answered yeah absolutely what about carson strong he's another guy that a lot of people have started to say is a first round pick um obviously good thrower of the football throws a lot um i know felix sharp has a running joke that he gets like negative fantasy points every week because he only gets sacked and never runs the ball. Yeah. So what do you think is strong as a prospect? Yeah, I've been um, someone that likes strong. I talked about him last summer before he kind of had that year. I said, hey, this kid's pretty good. So I definitely wrote about that. And I think he has great accuracy. I think that he has the arm talent to be in the NFL. So like first and foremost, he has the arm talent. Uh, As a fantasy asset, yeah, he doesn't rush the ball. Like that doesn't necessarily mean he's not – gonna be a good fantasy asset there uh but i think that that definitely does limit it and uh, we just joke because i know felix likes strong but he hates when mm-hmm. guys say that like our boy travis may from rotoviz we like to mess with him a little bit because he 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 tried to say that because he doesn't have any rushing yards he's not gonna be a first round pick but then he also says keaton slovis is gonna be a first belt pick so which one is it travis because slovis can't run either he is slow as shit and he doesn't have that rushing upside either. So to me, like if I was drafting, I, 
No. And yeah, I, I, to me, it's just like, I think for me, Carson Strong is better, better prospect than Slovis ever has been. Like I, I've yeah. been on that train for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think he could be a first round pick in this class because why not? I think that my, you know, everybody says this is class is down. Realistically, we could see five guys drafted in the first round at quarterback Absolutely. because of the need, the need, yeah. there's a need out there at the NFL level. And strong kind of feels like Mac Jones, where it's just like, Oh, he's not going to run the ball, but dang the arms. The Well, strong has a better arm than Jones did, but yeah, he's accurate and he gets the ball to his guys pretty consistently. And then, the rest of these guys in the 2022 class, and we hinted on it with Slovis, some of these guys who were in the second tier, third tier, fourth tier, really, really struggled so far. We're talking about Keaton Slovis, JT Daniels, Brock Purdy. Obviously, I had a lot of hopes for Phil Jerkovich, but he is out for the season. So what do you think about those quartet of meh? Yeah, I don't want any of that. Uh Brock Purdy to me has always been never, never Brock Purdy. That's never been the answer for anybody out there in Devi. Uh, Slovis to me needs a transfer. I think he will if he <laughs> wants to get his if he wants to get his stock up. I think he's going to have to use that one year transfer once they bring someone in. I, I just don't see it. I just don't know with Dart going to be there. I know I think Dart's having surgery, unfortunately though. Uh, I think it just came out that he has to have surgery, but I still think he's going to have to transfer unless he comes out this year. But no, JT Daniels is the one that like could do it. He's looked okay this year. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, to me, he's a wait and see product for me. He would be the only one of this group that I'm like, yeah, he has a shot. Like, I think maybe someone could maybe fall in love with them as a second round pick and maybe someone waits and drafts him. Like that would be the only guy there, uh, for me. Yeah. It's funny that Keaton Slovis is kind of getting Keaton Slovis. Yeah. Like he did to JT Daniels. Well, what do you think about Jerkovic? Because he's somebody that I really liked, but obviously not going to be a part of this class, most likely. Yeah, you know, I I've never saw like the first round thing for Jerkovic, but I did think that he could get drafted just based on like his profile and his ability to kind of just you know he throws the ball well. Uh, he doesn't have that rush; he never will. Uh, but I do think that with his injury, though, this is going to kind of mess. I mean, I don't know. I don't know now with what what he is, but I, if he comes back next year, he has a good year. I, I could see him. He's going to get drafted, I feel like. I just don't see a high draft capital for him. And then another guy who we kind of thought would come out last year, I was excited for him as like, oh, I could get him in the second or third round and stash him, and that's Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. Struggled in the first half of games apparently, but not so much in the second half so far this season. Uh, what do you think about Ritter? Yeah, I was higher on Ritter before, kind of half of last year. I like him, but I don't see the accuracy there for me. Uh, I know he has the rushing upside, but I don't see uh, – I just don't see the accuracy. I don't think he has enough ass, ass, you know, um, accuracy. I don't think that he elevates his game very well against bigger, better opponents, uh, and I don't I don't know. Like, I, I, you know, to me, he's Kellen Mond 2.0-ish. Like, he has some physical tools but the accuracy and the decision-making, he'll never have it. So to me, he's just, he's not someone I, I like. I know some guys really like Desmond Ritter, um, but I'm just not one of those people. I mean, I was excited at the very beginning of draft season last year. He was like my go-to late pick, but then he didn't even declare once. Yeah. And then I <laughs> can't do anything about that. Kind of yeah. worrying though, that like the NFL probably told him that, 
he wasn't going to be drafted early, and that's yeah. probably what pushed him back. So, yeah, kind of knocked him down my rankings after that. Are there any – so we've seen three games. Obviously, you don't want to overreact, but is there any quarterbacks who have rose a lot for you so far? Uh, nah, you know, I, I think you mentioned a couple guys on here that, you know, I, I obviously they've done better. Uh, I like Jacob Hayner from Fresno State. I gotta give him a shout out. I think he's too small, but you know, he's a, he's a gunslinger. I, I think that I, and not small on like stature, just, I don't want to say strength either. I just don't know if he'll be able to handle it, but I mean, shit, if Ben DiNucci is a backup quarterback, I mean, Jay Hayner can be a backup quarterback, but like as a valuable asset, I don't see it. Uh, I'm a, you know, I'm a big fan of dart. What he did. I thought that that one game would show that he's going to be one of those guys that we can kind of start ranking pretty high there. Um, but other than that, I haven't seen a, t- a ton of guys, Anthony Richardson probably be by Florida. Like he is special, but he's a, I don't know if he's a quarterback either. Uh, he's a hybrid athlete. That's just a monster. But I think that's the kid that I wish was starting instead of Emory Jones. Yeah, for sure. Obviously injured last week though. So yeah. Can't really get on the field. What well, about Tal- he did a backflip before the game, Kyle. So yeah. he didn't look that injured. <laughs> what about Talia Tagaviola? Obviously playing for Maryland. I've been really impressed these first three games. What are your opinions on him? Oh, I've been impressed. I just think you got to come back next year. I think he's going to have to be a senior, and which I don't know how much people like that in terms of coming back. I think quarterbacks, it's less. Yeah, I don't know what the analytic profile is. I, I'm not 100% sure what quarterback's there. Yeah. I, I don't think it matters as much. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think that he needs another year. But he could, right? Like, in that class next year, uh, I think that he, he is he's solid. I think people don't understand. Like, in Alabama, he was one of the – I think he threw 5,000 yards in a season in Alabama high school uh, football. So, like, at high school football prospect, he was legit. I think he broke two records in Alabama state history or something like that. Like, this kid could play. He just couldn't beat out Mac Jones and Bryce Young, which is not his fault. And his brother. Like, those are things that aren't his fault. Uh, so, I like him. I, I do. I think that we he, we talk – he's a slow riser. And then another guy who might need another year is Jaden Daniels at Arizona State. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I was ex- I was really excited. And then he's kind of crapped the bed so far. What do you think yeah. about Daniels? I like Daniels. He just is disappointing this year. I don't know what it is. Uh, he has not looked good. I think it's the offense in itself. Herm mm-hmm. out there. I think that he struggled with that. He hasn't had. He's made mistakes, interceptions that he usually hadn't. He only threw three interceptions for the season, uh, and he just he's not. He does not look good. And so, unfortunately, he's going to have to come back because the size doesn't look good. He's throwing interceptions. I think that's just kind of the the reality of it. Yeah. But uh, it's it's so it was so good last year though. It was. And then what about I'll bring up uh, one more guy, and that's Dylan Gabriel at UCF. Obviously, he was electric with uh, Josh Heupel as his head coach, and now he's even been good with Gus Malzahn in these first three games. What do you think about Gabriel? Uh, yeah, I'm out on Gabriel. I think he's a very fine college quarterback. I don't see him making any impact in the NFL. I, well, I don't want to say any, but I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. I'm very uh, snobbish when it comes to quarterbacks. Like <laughs> I, I, He does not fit my profile for an NFL quarterback. I, I don't blame you. It's Once you get it right, you get it right. You just got to keep going with it. Yeah. 
So with that, we'll jump into some 2022 running backs. Obviously, we talked about Kenneth Walker, who's probably been the biggest uh, jump for most people. And a lot of the running backs that people liked have struggled. Uh, Brees Hall hasn't been efficient as he used to be. Um, Isaiah Spiller, he's been pretty much what we expected, but it would have been nice to see a little more. Same with Kyron Williams. Eric Gray obviously transferred to Oklahoma, but hasn't had the hasn't won the job at Oklahoma, which obviously not a lot not a lot of time. Kevin Harris has been injured. Sincere McCormick surprisingly not producing great. Man, Mo Ibrahim got injured as well. He's out for the season. What's your opinion on the twenty twenty two running backs? Yeah, you know, uh, like I mentioned earlier, Brees and Spiller to me are the top two guys by default, which isn't a ringing endorsement. I think Kyron's yeah. kind of in a, Kyron's kind of in a tier himself. I feel like kind of like where's that? Eric Gray was someone who I thought everybody kept telling me he was going to break out. He hasn't broken out yet, but I do think he's okay. Like I don't, I'm not going to hate on Eric Gray, uh, but I don't ever see him like someone had him as running back two this year. I saw that from someone I really respect. I, and so I won't say who it was, but I really questioned that ranking. Like might I didn't necessarily. No, I don't. Well, you <laughs> might have had it. I didn't see you have him there, uh, but I know who I'm talking about. I just, to me, I just didn't see it. And if he can't, if he can't be the main back in that backfield, um, and 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 it's not looking like that, then that that's a problem for me. I was never a Kevin Harris guy, so I even told people on my my you know don't don't draft list and don't have on your roster list was him. Uh, I love your guy, Zonovan Knight, and you mentioned him on here, but I'm going to just jump to him because <laughs> that's been my guy. But he doesn't get damn volume, Kyle. Yeah. I don't understand. Do you understand NC State coaches? Because I don't understand no. I quit. No. Like, because he's a good receiver, too, and they don't put him down there for passing downs. They put uh, – what's his face? What's it? I can't think of the top of my name now. Is I, it person? Yeah. What the hell is this? Like, that is the stuff – Zonovan Knight is a good running back. Like he is a good, solid, sees the hole, hits it. He's quick. He was a value in Debbie drafts this year. I got him in a fifth round of a depleted Debbie draft that we ran. Like, I think that he's a legit prospect. He just doesn't get the volume. Like, so that's a guy that you talk about sleeper wise because of the volume. If he tests well, now we're talking about, could you imagine like if like the Niners drafted him instead of Trey Sermon? Like if, if, if someone, if he goes somewhere where they know you're going to get guaranteed volume, I think Knight's the guy. I think Knight's that kid that's going to kind of jump ahead of people. Yeah, and it's not like <laughs> NC State's the only coaching staff that's doing that. You yes. can you can go across the ACC to Pitt and Israel Abedinkanda is doing the same thing. It's like we have these guys who are athletic as heck, can – burst through holes, see the holes well, and the coaches are just like, oh, well, this the other guy's a senior, so he, obviously yeah. he has to play. Just put the best dude on the field and give him the ball. Like, it's not – it doesn't have to be that complicated. When I played football and I was a running back, I used to have an old-school coach. He actually was an Oregon State running back in, like, the 60s, uh, and he was, he was hilarious. I love this guy to death. But he used to always say, Coleman, get me four yards. That's all I had to ever give this guy because he said, give me four yards every carry. That's all that matters to me. And, like, I just think we go away from this mindset. NC State tries to get too cute with Devin Leary. They try to push him all that field. Like, Zonovan's out here averaging, what, 8.5 yards per attempt? Yep. He'll get that, and then they'll do three straight throws with, Don with Leary, and you're just like, dude, <laughs> he just gave you eight yards. Like, what is happening right now? Like, I think Knight can be that dude. Like, Knight is that good. 
Um, and he's my sleeper. He's been my sleeper pick for a lot. And then Keontae Ingram from USC, which is kind of – he hasn't really shown anything since that offense. Maybe he'll get a little bit better. But Knight, to me, is the guy that, like, I think is the value. I still believe in that kid. Yeah, Knight's actually my RB6 right now, I think. But yeah. I'm more than willing to move him up. I still have, I'm still holding out hope for Eric Gray. He was my RB3 coming into the season. <laughs> And I, I do like Kevin Harris as well. I mean, obviously he was hurt, and so he missed those first two games. But he came back against Georgia, so obviously is very he, tough. Is he good, though? Is he good to Kyle? Like, I think he's okay. Like Everybody he, everybody told me Marshawn Lloyd was going to steal his job, and then Marshawn Lloyd sucked. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, listen, Marshawn Lloyd just came after Andrew. Let's not, like, just throw Marshawn Lloyd under the bus. But I do well, think Kevin, that— Well, Kevin Harris came back, and they gave him 16 touches, and they gave Lloyd five. Yeah, no, I mean that's fair. I was never a Marshawn Lloyd guy either, so I'm not trying to argue with there. There, I was just—I <laughs> didn't think Marshawn Lloyd was going to be like the second coming of Jesus, like some people were talking about. Like he's—he's <laughs> he's okay, but I do think that Harris is always a risky asset. That's what I said. I just said he's a risky asset because I think he—I think he suffered. He had kind of a perfect storm last season. Like he kind of had the volume. They had the kind of the coaching, like he the coaching change or whatever. They had a lot of things that happened to kind of fit his fit his playing style. I just think he's a limited runner. I just think that he is who he is, um, and he's slow too. Like I don't, I, he's okay. Like I do think he has that burst, but I, I just again I'm a snob, so you can just move on. I'm a snob. <laughs> just know that. I, I think he's still going to get the opportunity. South Carolina still doesn't really have anybody. I no, mean, they're terrible. <laughs> they, yeah, they're not good. Josh Van has been good, I guess, but he's yeah. all right. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. He still yeah. drops the ball too much, and you want <laughs> receivers who can receive. Um, are there any other running backs who are getting you a, a little excited? No, not in this class. I'm not very excited about my running backs. I, you know, I've been telling people for the last couple of years to buy 23 picks for running backs. If you're rebuilding and you want running backs in 23, I feel like that's the that's the way you got to go. Yeah, not sure there's much else. I mean, I'm still holding out hope for a couple of guys out west in George Holani and Tyler Algier, but yeah, not sure either of those are happening either. So. We'll just see what happens. <laughs> but wide receivers, this is where this class is fun. All five of the top five preseason are actually playing really well. Um, obviously, George Pickens is not. He is hurt. But yeah. Traylon Burks has been really good. Garrett Wilson, David Bell, Chris Olave. All these guys have me pretty excited, especially Traylon Burks. How do you break down this top five? Yeah, so, you know, people hate me for this uh, because I, I, I'm not an Olave guy. So I'm just going to warn everybody out there, uh, you know, for me, I, he should have came out last year. And that's mm -hmm. how I feel. And that's just how it's going to be. But right now, you know, and I had Pickens as my one, but then he got injured. So I've moved that around. I've shifted that. I still believe in George Pickens' talent. He is such a talented kid. Uh, so I do have it there. But for me, it's Garrett Wilson, and he is my one. And I know that he he's just one of those guys that just catches the ball like and he and he has a good he has he's a great route runner i do say like what i've always said about garrett wilson is i, I believe that his um he he's kind of i don't want to say he's limited but his ceiling is capped so what i think is like he who he is right now as a wide receiver is who he's gonna be i don't see him ever being like a wide receiver one 
but I think that he can be a solid wide receiver too. So like for me, um, I always say that I don't think he can get better. Like, I think this is kind of who he is as a, as a prospect. Uh, but again, like that doesn't mean that he's not good. I think he's still the one wide receiver one. I think he wins 50, 50 balls, has good hands, catch ability, all that. Traylon Burks. Um, he's a monster. Uh, he's a, uh, he's just a monster for me. He's six feet, two twenty five. I have him second. Uh, I like everything except for he doesn't have a great route tree and he's, and he can drop. He has drops too. Like everything is there prospect wise and stuff. But the two things that worry me the most about him is the limited route tree and drops. I have Pickens as my third guy. Uh, I still have him at three, just, just based on talent. David Bell's my four. I think that he has good catch in traffic. I think he's a versatile receiver, but he doesn't possess top end speed and he struggles with his release. If you go watch the tape, he can struggle mm-hmm. against his release, and that's what that concerns the hell out of me as a as a prospect. As I'm watching him, because yeah, he can do that against like Big Ten defenses. He's not going to be able to do that against the NFL guys. And so, watch his release. Like to me, it's the release that worries me. And then my fifth guy has been since uh, May is Zay Flowers from Boston College. I love Zay. Zay's my guy. Vertical, him. vertical threat, monster yak, creates separation, excellent hands. Like to me. Zay can is going to fit that mold in the NFL really well. Yeah, da- David Bell does not get separation, but it's like anytime you throw to him, he's going to catch it, even if there's yeah. a guy on him. Mm-hmm. Like somebody could literally be like draped on him like a fireman's carry, and he'd still catch the ball. Yeah, no, he he's going to catch everything. It's just can he create that separation that's there? Um, but again, I'm not a big fan of this wide receiver class. Uh, they're okay, but I don't see like – dudes like they're okay like i don't necessarily see guys that i'm like man that's a wide receiver one besides maybe pickens i still think i still believe in pickens i know some don't but i still do he's an idiot though like he's a dummy like (laughs) he needs to fix the off the field stuff he's got to stop spraying people with water bottles like those are the things i i wish he could fix but as an nfl talent like though he's an alpha like when you're looking at alpha he acts like an alpha he also acts like an idiot but those are the things that like I, I want to see him get fixed. I, I'm all over Traylon Burks. I love the kid. I gotta say, he. I yeah. think he's. I think he has wide receiver one potential. He could. He could fix that route tree for me though, Burks. Yeah. That's what I <laughs> well, I mean, he can learn things. He can. Yeah, Zay Flowers though. I am with you. He is my sixth behind Olave, but he is in the same tier as all these guys for me. Which, yeah. yeah. Um, other guys, Drake London obviously had a great game with Dart last week, but before that was just okay. What do you think about London? Yeah, I mean, London to me can be either Nikhil Harry or Mike Evans, and I don't know <laughs> where he's gonna fit. Like the NFL doesn't like the kind of profile that he is. I, I know that they're kind of going away from his style of receiver. I do think he'll find a role, but that lack of separation is a real thing. And I, I'm done drafting receivers that can't separate Kyle. Like I, I just get worried about it. Like, and, and I, that, that's one of those other things. Like to me, that's kind of a stay away. Can they separate? No. Well, then I'm out. Like, I think that's kind of how I've, I've really changed my tune with that. And I did, I wasn't even a Nikhil Harry guy. I didn't even like Nikhil Harry. I didn't draft him anywhere, but I have zero shares of him, but I still, I get worried about London's ability to kind of elevate his game and be a non like, just a 50 50 guy and then another guy is justin ross obviously as a freshman he was out producing guys like t higgins um 
we were all absolutely enamored him, with him as a freshman, and then a huge spinal injury took him out last season. We were worried he was never going to play football again. And now he's back, and he's doing okay. What do you think about Ross? Yeah, you know, I liked Ross before he had the surgery. Um, now I need to still wait and see. I need to see if he can kind of do this this whole season. Uh, to me, though, I think people forget his sophomore year. He struggled. Like He did struggle in – uh, before like just release he had some drops his route looks lazy like I think there was question marks in his sophomore season that people forget about he had a very good freshman year and everybody kind of just oh well sophomore slump he'll be all right then he got injured didn't play had surgery came back and I'm happy for him but I think there was question marks prior to the injury and now okay let's see where he can be to me he's a late second round Debbie asset in Superflex leagues that's how I have him rated right now that's nice um Juan Dale Robinson. I put this name in all caps, bold, what everything. I mean, the dude's just been on fire all season. Yeah. What do you think? I love him. I love this kid. I think that um, I tweeted out the best thing he ever did was get rid of get away from Nebraska. That's like a death <laughs> hole. Uh, and I, it was like I think that, that's true for everybody, even like non football players. That's fair. Um, but that's just like <laughs> I know I think that that's that's a good spot for him, and I think he's going to produce well. And he's he's the typical. You know what? If Kadarius Tony can get drafted in the first round, Rondell Robinson should be able to get drafted. In the first. That's how I feel. Like if if you're going to draft an athlete to what he can do, if Tony can get there, shit, Robinson can get there. Um, his acceleration, he's he's actually very strong. 50-50, he got a great release, like, and I think that he has that profile. I know a lot of people were talking about either him and Nia Smith from Texas A&M. Who would you rather have? I think Robinson shot up way past Smith. I like Smith, but mm -hmm. I think that Robinson has kind of etched himself into this kind of category where I think, you know, as far as draft capital goes, you know, I don't know. I think that he could find himself somewhere in there, like, and I think that if we're looking maybe a third-round guy, I think that would be fair. Um, but with his profile, I think teams are going to fall low. He's going to test through the roof. Yeah. So when you think of testing, we're going to talk about this kid all offseason, I have a feeling. I think he's a top – I think he's drafted in the first two rounds. Yeah. Especially if, like, Rondale Moore keeps playing like he did, like he has. This kid's just going to be, like, the next one, the next Rondale. Yeah. Kind of because he's small and quick and make gets things done from the slot. Like – yeah, no, that's fair. I think I think you could. I think that um, the thing about him, and this is why I always say these wide receivers, I hate. I do not draft slot receivers in college. Like if that's all they are in college, I am not touching them in the NFL because those dudes never translate. Like those guys never do. But Rondo can play on the outside, and he's proven this this year. Like he's starting to play more on the outside. If he can do it on the outside and they move in the slot, okay, I'm fine because he's going to be that athlete. Like, that's how I feel about Jahan Dotson. I, what I want to see is, unfortunately, I can't, I don't have any pilfered all 22 film yet. I got to find it. And it's like college all 22 is like the holy grail of life. And I had some last year. I just don't yes. have any this year. So once I do, I want to see how they're separated. Is Jahan Dotson, is Rondale separating well, or is it just bad coverage? And I think mm -hmm. once I see that, then I'm going to be able to elevate these guys a little higher depending on what I see on the tape. I, I might have a plug for you. I'll oh, talk to you go. after Look the show. <laughs> we found it. Um, John Mechie. Um, there's not, I feel like there's not much to talk about. He's just like nah. the number one wide receiver on Alabama and the NFL is going to go, oh, he played wide receiver for Alabama? Okay. And then they'll draft him in the first three rounds. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, with, with Mechie, I've never been a big Mechie guy. I like Jamison Williams much more. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I, after seeing Jamison Williams' profile and what he's been able to do, um, give me Williams all over over Mechie. I'm, I've never been a Mechie guy. He might get drafted based on the Alabama thing, uh, but I'm, I, I've never been a Mechie guy. So is Williams going up for you then? Yes. Williams is, is, is one of those kids um, rising for me. Uh, because I just think that he got that seven. He needed that Ohio State wide receiver room. He got to get out of there. Uh, I would like to see a little bit more consistency from him. And the drop, I wouldn't say drops, but he's his route running leaves a little to be desired sometimes. I feel like he rounds routes, and when you watch him, he could use a little bit better. Of He could use his hips a little bit more. I don't think he manipulates defenders very well, especially cornerbacks. So he does lack that separation. I'm hoping that he learns that at Alabama because – um, he is he's an athlete. So if he can translate that into route running, I'm, I'd be higher on on Williams. Yeah. And then uh, Khalil Shakir and Jahan Dotson are both seniors, but they've both been really freaking good this year. How do you feel? And obviously you mentioned you like Dotson. What do you feel about these two guys? I like these two guys. This is a receiving like it's funny because like there's so many receivers and it's mm-hmm. such a muddled like in the NFL like we talk about these guys. I feel like on Dynasty Twitter there's 38 wide receiver threes every year and like everybody <laughs> says oh high end wide receiver three like Shakur is a kid that he's a gamer creates separation but the I just said it can he play on the outside and on the inside I think he excels more at the slot in college than he does on the outside so that's the one area of trepidation i guess i would have to say for shakur can he be that guy that kind of can buck the trend i wish he would have came out last year that's also the thing i yeah. wish he would have came out last year i think that's those are the two things i have for him dodson's starting to grow on me though like dodson is one of these kids i drafted dodson like in a league and i was like yeah i'll, I'll take a shot on him but you know his now again to me like i just said i got to see if he's creating that separation because he is creating that separation or is it just bad coverage? And so that's for me as I, that's just the thing I'm looking out for. Mm-hmm. And Shakir had like a top three dominator rating yeah. last year. So I thought for sure he was going to come out too. So. Should have came out. Yeah. I don't know why yeah. he didn't come out. Is there any other names at the wide receiver position that are either rising or falling for you so far this season? At, in the 2022? only kid- the only kid that I want to get a shout out to, and I believe he's, yeah, he should be the 2022 class. I sometimes, you know, I don't know based on, yeah, he is. Uh, the, the stupid COVID rule. Yeah, every time, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, Fresno State wide receiver Jalen Cropper. Uh, I love this kid. And I know it's because I'm a Fresno State guy. I, I, I drafted, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you remember Keyshawn Johnson from Fresno State either. I have him on a roster just because I'm a Fresno State guy. But Jalen Cropper, he's, he's the wide receiver one in Fresno State. Jake Hayner's top target. He's looked really good. Uh, and I do think that he can play on the inside outside. I know he has a good dominator rating. I can't remember off the top of my head what it is, uh, but he, he looks good. And to me, I want to just give him a shout out as a, as a, as a bulldog. <laughs> yeah. Cropper is a junior. So yeah. yeah. Um, for me, it's uh, a couple of guys for one, it's coastal Carolina's Javon Hiley. Um, obviously I think he's also a senior or a fourth year player, which is, yeah, not 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 ideal, but he's been balling out with Grayson McCall, six six I think, just big bodied, wins at the jump ball, um, big fan, and then uh, Jacory Roberson at Wake Forest, um, put up a dud last week, but I think I think he's quick as heck, and I think he gets separation well, so 
those are the two guys that I'm really digging. Oh yeah, I like this guy, Jalen Robinson too. UCF. Oh yeah, I like Jalen Robinson. I Flash. forgot about Jalen Robinson. Yeah, he's fucking fast. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh! Like when I watch him play, like he can do it, and he has that good connection there. Uh, obviously, they lost their quarterback, so we'll see what happens there. But I think uh, Jalen Robinson, somebody to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I I had mentioned him a couple of times in the offseason, I think. Yeah. So we'll move on to some general thoughts before we wrap this up. Obviously, I think TNF already started. Or, so, yeah. <laughs> Who's winning the college football playoff? Yeah, you put that in there. I'm going to go Alabama so I don't look stupid. I just think it's Alabama until anybody knocks them off. I mean, they're. I think they're the best team. Who's your bold prediction for that? So who I think could maybe jump in? Georgia. I think Georgia's defense is top defense in the country if if their offense can just do anything in terms of just can daniels lead that team and not make mistakes with that defense i think we could see georgia and they need it those fans i feel bad for them like they need to get a they <laughs> i don't they've underachieved for a while i know I, they've underachieved for a while i think with that defense they could they could make some noise that's that's a good that's a good one as well which college football team has surprised you the most so far yeah, you know, Penn State, I'm going to give a shout out to Penn State. You know, I, I, I don't like James Franklin. I think he's the most overrated coach in the country. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, 3-0, they beat that Auburn team. And then they don't, you know what? Whatever you think of Auburn, that's an SEC opponent. And they beat an SEC opponent. And they've looked pretty good doing what they've been doing. So I'm just going to give a shout out to Penn State. I, I think that they'll they'll lose. But you got to give them there and in Oregon as well. I think both those teams, you know, if Pac-12 has any shot, it's Oregon. And so can they do it? And beating the Buckeyes at, at, at Columbus, that's a, that's a, that's a tough win. Yeah. I think the limiting factor for Penn state is just quarterback. It's like yeah, it's bad. Clifford, Clifford is Clifford. It's he's going to miss a lot of guys, but I don't know. Yeah. But also I do want to mention in that game, we saw Jarquez Hunter for uh, Auburn. This dude is I mean, he's a freshman, and he's playing behind Bigsby. He's only getting on the field when Bigsby comes off. But he has, like, 20 carries already. Um, he's averaging, like, 10 and a half yards per attempt, maybe more, I think. Mm-hmm. As a freshman, I'm I'm starting to get enamored with this kid. Um, yeah. I mean, with Harson there, it's going to be, like, who's going to be his guy? And with you saw with Eli Kolani, like, if they lean on their running backs, we could see after next year you're talking about a guy that's going to be a running back one on that offense. So I don't hate it. Yeah. Only a three-star recruit, though, so something to, something to watch. What's one bold prediction for the rest of the season? Yeah, I saw this. What I would say is that Oregon makes the playoff. If a Pac-12 team makes a playoff, and they and they haven't since Washington, and Washington got blown out by Alabama. I, if if a Pac-12 team makes the playoff, uh, and then a lot of people are going to get pissed because if Oregon goes undefeated, they're going to make it, and you know it's going to knock out somebody. Is it knock out Georgia if they only lose one time and that's to Alabama? Is it going to knock out you know Oklahoma if they lose one time? Like so, it's going to make someone upset, and then Oregon will get blasted because their quarterback is terrible uh, by forty. But I think that they could maybe make the playoff. That'd be my bold prediction. I like that. I think I think I'm on a similar train of thought with you, but I'm not willing to like claim a team. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be somebody other than the four that we expected makes the playoff, but I'm not ready to say who it is. Ah, okay. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> no, I don't know. Ole, Ole Miss could really surprise somebody, but like 
they have that to. That schedule's tough. Yeah, that schedule. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. BYU could go undefeated and like. Yeah, it's one of those times. It's one of those things where they go undefeated. They have a bunch of Power Five wins, and and some ranked wins, but no like big win. Yeah, I don't know. But the way Clemson has looked, the way Georgia has looked on offense, the way Ohio State's already lost a game, it's like ooh, yeah. somebody. So- <laughs> Somebody's going to step in there that we don't think of. Um, And this would be a good time for one of these lower-level teams maybe to do it. Like last year, Coastal Carolina, and we saw what they did. um, And this would be the year. But now, of course, it's just a year too late. And so it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, UCF a few years ago. Like, could they have jumped in and done that? Like, I don't see a team like that yet. Uh, BYU, they have a tougher schedule because they're independent. Plus, they're being independent. It's going to hurt them. Uh, And Jaron Hall can't throw. I mean, he threw against Arizona He can run. But he can run, yeah. He is a legit runner. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I think that we're going to see someone in there hopefully new. Um, I need some new blood. Uh, we got to see yeah. some new blood. Yeah, And I think for BYU, though, Sataki has really built something, and that's what yeah. surprised me the most, is Zach Wilson wasn't a flash in the pan. Like, this is a program that's just going to be good. And when they move on to the Big 12, it's – Gonna be interesting to watch, especially without Oklahoma there. They could be that team that just leads the conference. So yeah, yeah, they could. No, for sure. That'll do it for tonight. Obviously, time to watch some NFL football. Um, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I'd like to thank you for joining me one more time. Obviously, you can find Kevin at Fantasy Pros on the Debbie Royale podcast, as well as the Super Fantasy Bros podcast, and on Triple Play Fantasy. Thanks for joining me. Anything you want to say before we sign off? Hey, no, man. I appreciate you having me on. Um, always, you know, good to je- check out the Undroppable stuff. Be sure to follow all those guys. They're good people. Um, have a lot of respect for what you guys do over there. Thanks. Thanks for listening. I'll see you guys later. Uh